My name's Robin van der Laan and I listen to the Supervale podcast. The Supervale podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first Supervale podcast. My name is Terry and each week I hope to get a Vale legend on the show and speak to the fans about the Mighty Whites. I saw a gap in the podcast market. I don't think there is another Vale podcast, so I thought I'd give it a crack. I've supported the club for 35 years now and still it's a massive part of my life. Uh, hopefully the podcast is a positive way for fans to celebrate the Vale, remember the halcyon days and hope there are more to come. I will try to do it once a week, I promise, so we'll try <laughs> It's been a busy few months at Vale Park. We got to welcome Carol and Kevin Shanahan. Askey's at the wheel. According to William Hill, the odds for Vale to get promotion are 25 to 1 as well. Is that worth a tenner? Surely it is. Are you with me? Oh, I must add that the views expressed from the participants are their views and not that of Port Vale Football Club. Okay, that's the boring stuff over. Let's have a guest. Welcome to the floor, chairman of the supporters club, Mark Porter. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate, thanks. We're both DJs. We go back quite a long time, don't we? Yeah, many years. (laughs) Yeah, so long time ago. As a a club and pub DJ, you used to see a lot of the Vale players on the dance floor, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, a few years ago. That was a a forgiven, really. Wednesday night in Maxine's, um, Saturday night in the place. I even remember uh, Mark Bright played in the FA Cup final for Crystal Palace against Man United and then he appeared on the dance floor in Maxi <laughs> half past 12. Wow. Great day. So fast forward to now, um, you've been involved with the supporters club for a bit now, but what made you want to be the chairman? Because you knew it was going to be a tough job. <laughs> uh, by accident, really. Um, it was about five years ago. And Ali was the chair, and there's a bit of a tough time going on at the, with one or two bits and bobs of the old board, and she just come in. And really, I asked, you know, I said, look, you know, if you need a bit of help, just let me know. So I went on as vice chair, um, and when Ali stood down, I actually proposed that I took over the chair, and and here we are today. I've, I've been chair now for about two and a half, three years. Yeah, so without getting into the politics of it all, but um, Norman Smirthwaite has finally left the club. Carol and Kevin have come in, and um, yeah, you've been on the supporters' side all the way through that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. To be fair, um, I probably was the face of the protests and the face of the, the supporters' um, dispute with the owner. Um, but we had loads of people in the background that were helping us. And we were given a mandate from the supporters' club meeting, um, a vote of no confidence was put forward in the owner. We, we, we took that vote. And from then it's snowballed. And to be honest with you, it kind of took out my life for the last three or four months. Um, yeah. Not good times, but collectively, you know, for me, it showed what the club means to a lot of people. The Super Vale Podcast. How long have you been a supporter, Mark? Um, I've been a supporter over 40 years. I'm 50 this year. Um, my first game was Tony McLaren's testimonial. 
Um, we played Birmingham City and Tarantino playing in the World Cup final for Argentina played. Um, so that was my first one. Uh, my dad was a massive Bell fan. He used to live in Bell fan, and there he goes. And my dad lived in Scarborough. And, and, then, and he actually drives down every game to see the rail. Yeah. So uh, it's massive in my family. Um, all my family are Vale. And I brought my son up to be Vale. Um, I've got a massive connection with Paul Vale Football Club. It might not be the massive biggest club in the in the in the area, but for me, the fans and the club is 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 the Premier League club in the city. If you ask me, <laughs> yeah, it's addictive. I can remember the first game I went was I think eighty five. Um, I'd been like a few friendly games. The first league match I went was against York. We lost four two, but just. I fell in love with the place. It was just up the road. I could catch the bus to it. And for you, having those 40 years behind you, shows you um, how much it means to you. And obviously that comes out, you know, when you are the chairman of the sports club. Yeah, and I think I think that's right. And you wouldn't be the chair of something you didn't believe in, to be fair. So no, no. That, that, that says one thing about it. The, 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 the chair of the sports club, sometimes you have to take your blinkered views off. Because I, I, uh, as most people are unaware, a chair is really the only person in a sports club who doesn't get a vote on anything, apart from if it's a tie. Yeah, a chair really runs the the meetings, makes sure that everything's done above board, makes sure that the meetings are kept in order, uh, does a lot of spokes um, spokes in, in in the press and on the radio. And, and basically, I'm, I wasn't allowed to vote against the old previous owner because that's not the protocol of a chair. So sometimes you have to take your kind of your views away from it, you know, and you can't really say what you think mm-hmm. because you, 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 you're representing all fans and not every fan agreed with the protest. No. I think 99% of them did. Yeah. There were some that were like, Oh, here we go again, because, you know, obviously we've had this in the past. But I think that we have to be representative of a broad church. So that, that as a chair, you're in a very difficult position. Um, and for me, personally, over the last um, 12, three months, four months, it's been, it's been hard, because I've been in for a lot of stick off previous owner. And, you know, you... Couple of you know, I've, I've had I've had my fair share of abuse, but you just have to rise above that and kind of switch off from it. Yeah, it's stressful. Personal slants on you sometimes, and you know, I suppose you have to be able to take that because not all fans will agree, will they, to anything? No, because we're all football managers, aren't we? Mm. You know, what one person thinks is a great left back, another one isn't, mm. and, and that's where it's very difficult in in a, in a role like that because people only see. You're going up on stage and giving player of the year trophies or doing interviews in the press about this, that and the other. They don't see really the, the whole work that goes on behind the, the, behind the scenes. You know, my son's had to take a back seat for three, four months while we've been involved in meetings, while we've had to do loads of different things. You know, and I'll be spending some time with him and the phone will go, then you're on an hour conversation about Paul Vale, which you wouldn't, you wouldn't say you don't want to do. But um, I think some people forget it's 
voluntary and some people yeah. forget that you're doing it for the for the fans really. Yeah, that's why we wanted to hammer home really the the fact you know you've got a life outside of Port Vale and you do do it voluntary. <laughs> um, we, we've got Carol now in and, and Kevin John Askey's being given a three year contract for the fans now should they be realistic I think first of all the fans have got to be thankful um, and, and, and the reason why they've got to be thankful is the fact that Kevin and Carol have come in and they've taken over for a while you didn't have to and nobody knows how much money the club's gone for but I would imagine that the club was overvalued and, you know, that's not saying it's not worth that. But what I'm saying is they've put everything into Port Vale now. So we should be thankful first. Second, we should be realistic. And realistic is the last three years of Port Vale have been a disgrace. Relegation and then at the bottom of the football league virtually. And the lack of investment in the team. Everything was done for me cheap. You know, and that's not disrespectful to Anything, but we had a squad of 35 and it was just ridiculous yeah. it was, it, you know it, it's not worked the Bruno experiment didn't work it's yeah. just a, a league one team and not backwards so for me the, the, the first thing we've got to be thankful for Carol and Kevin coming in secondly we've got to be realistic that next season we have to build foundations um, for uh, moving forward and, and building the club to where it should be. Three, we should back them. And I urge any Paul Vale supporter, if we can afford the season ticket, go and buy one. Because I'd like to see 5,000. It would be amazing if we could get six. And that would show a massive message that the fans are behind this project. And it is a project. It's a heritage brand. It is over 130 years old. And it is something that is going to stay in the community. So that that's that's a bit of matters. And then I think we've just got to enjoy what we can. If the players go 100% and everything's... Every, the fans, you know the fans will clap them off. If they lost 5 years, they gave 100%. But they were beaten by a better team. They'll yeah. clap them off. And and that's where we are, are, are mindful of a lot of things. And I, and I think that one thing about Mickey Adams, when Mickey Adams came in as a manager, um, and you, you really got that, the players gave 100%. Yeah. They, they ran through brick walls for him. And I think that we also have to say, you know, I, I'm happy now John Askey signed his contract. I was very sceptical when he took over. Um, I, you know, and I, I will go on record and say that he's proved me wrong. He really has proved me wrong. Um, and he's done really well. And I hope that um, he can push us on, build foundations, and then maybe get promotion the year after. But the one thing I will say about the fans, the fans have saved the club this season because we put on a black and gold away day at Notch County. The fans at Notch County were absolutely oh, incredible. What a day. They said that that turned the club. Yeah. This is my opinion, and I think a lot of people share it, that the club doesn't deserve the last 19 years you know we don't deserve the relegations the administrations uh, you know we, we shouldn't be at the bottom end of the football league we've played at the higher end of the championship where it is now and probably we've overachieved at that time but we should be somewhere in between the two and not where we were I think Paul Vale Football Club 
at a level should be top 10 League One. If they're in the Championship, then that's overachieving, which we all hope to overachieve. To get towards the top end of the Championship would be incredible. I think that we are, like you say, going down to the bottom of um, League Two. And let's not forget, in the early 80s, we were applying for re-election every year. Mm. And we've come a long way since those days. And there are some fundamentals that have been got wrong at the club for a long, long time. And I don't think we should look back with anger, but we should look back knowing that we should never go there again. The last 12 months, we've been in the worst position as I can ever remember. I've been to Tokyo away on a Saturday with 20 other people. About the, the last 12 months, from the last three years going backwards year on year, but the last 12 months, up to the 7th of May this year, which will always be known as Port Vale Day, yeah. we, 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 to be honest, is a disgrace. Where have ever known it? It's been cracking talking to you and catching up with you. Thanks very much, mate. There's one thing that you must remember. Um, you should always follow the mail. And if you don't go, get yourself back down there because we're about to go on a ride that could see us go all the way back to where we were in the 1990s. But it needs not just Carol and Kevin and the hardcore 3,500. It needs those that don't go anymore. Come back. The rail's still there and we can take this club places that it's been before and even further. That was my message to any Vale fan listening. Thanks, Mark. Uh, next up, we're going to be chatting to former Vale boss, Mickey Adams. The Super Vale Podcast. Okay, got to welcome to the show Mickey Adams. We had a poll, right, to ask which ex-manager they would like to feature on the first episode, and you romped it home. Oh, that's very yeah, kind of everybody, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, you know, uh, it's a club that's still close to my heart. Yeah, I was rooting for Jim Gannon, but I don't think we'd be able to contact him. <laughs> but you had two spells. He was second, was he? Yeah. <laughs> you had two spells at the club. If Ron Howard made a film of the last seven years at Vale, most people would think most of it was added to make more drama. <laughs> Is that fair to say? At times, yeah. You know, I think there was a lot of good times in those uh, uh, two spells. Um and I tend, to, I tend to think about the positives rather than the negatives. I think that, uh, uh, you know, the negatives are there. You know, it's, it's in the history of the football club. I think the positives, you know, uh, you know, beating Sheffield United, beating Sheffield Wednesday in the first spell, uh, you know, being, being top of the league for long periods. And then obviously, you know, the poor spells when we talk about the second spell when uh, we had administration. But, through administration, we, uh, we we stuck together and achieved promotion. So that was the pinnacle of of the time because uh, the football club had not been promoted for a long, long time. Uh, you know, they were they were still uh, talking about uh, you know Sir John uh, uh, Rudgy, obviously, and, and quite right as well because he'd done a fantastic job. But uh, you know, those days were gone, and uh, what you've then got to do is try and rebuild and put your own identity onto the football club, which is never easy, you know, because you need time. And certainly, you know, at uh, the initial period of joining the football club, there was very little money around. So I think I signed Thomas Lowe's and Doug Moff. And then I got, a, you know, I got an irate phone call from a director saying, listen, you know, you can't sign any more players, that's it. You know, uh, the case of trying to motivate and... Uh, and uh, get a group together that that, uh, that would try and, uh, 
you know, get football results for the club because ultimately, as a manager, you, know, you have to get results. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, we pushed on because, you know, uh, the recruitment policy, which is very, very important to all football clubs at the lower level, uh, because, you know, when you sign players at that level, yeah, you know, they might have a, you know, a checkered history, but, uh, and and sometimes you might be taking on other people's problems. Uh, so you've got to make sure that you get the right sort of personality and the right type of player to, to play a, a brand of football that is successful at that level. Um, you know, so that's always the danger of, of the recruitment process. Yeah, of course, you had Gary Roberts at the club and he had the potential to go all the way, <laughs> didn't he? He really did. Listen, Gary was a fantastic footballer. You know, there's no doubt whatsoever in my mind and the, the, the boy with the talent that he had could have achieved great things. The unfortunate thing about Gary was that he had off the field uh, issues, uh, and you know they're, wi- they're widely known. I'm not really going to, uh, you know, talk too much about them. But no. you know, uh, he, he couldn't control himself off the pitch. And, and and listen, you know, that goes so far in the dressing room. You know, you can you can let him get away with it now and again. But if he keeps stepping out of line, you have to be seen as the manager to stamp on it, to deal with it uh, and show people that you, you're the gaffer. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Was it a player that run the dressing room, you know, who kept spirits high? Uh, they, they did it themselves, you know. I mean, <laughs> people used to say that I used to uh, rule by fear. You know, the, the only fear that was in that dressing room was that, you know, if I didn't feel that the uh, the, the, the boys had worked hard enough or, or certainly that the fans had been short-changed because you know, of lack of commitment, and that wasn't too often, I might add, then they knew they were going to have a hard week, and, uh, you know, certainly uh, some of them didn't appreciate that, so what they do is they get around each other, you know, the Popes, the Lofts, the Dodgers, uh, you know, uh, the Yateses, they were all strong characters, and they knew that, you know, we don't want a hard game, you know, we don't want a hard week next week, so listen, you know, we know what he wants, let's go and try and give him what he wants, keep him happy at least, and by keeping him happy, it means that we're getting results and the supporters are happy. And then that's how they, that's how they did the dressing room, you know. But, uh, you know, people like Tom Pope deserve great credit for what he's done at the football yeah. club. Oh, 100%, yeah. The Super Vale Podcast. The Shanahan's have come in and uh, Carol, uh, I, I've met, um, you know, and... I think uh, they're, they're a good fit for the football club at this moment in time, you know. So I think it'll be small steps with them, but I wish them well. I think they'll be really good for the club. The Super Vale Podcast. Mickey, is there anything you miss about Port Vale or Burslem, perhaps? <laughs> I miss it all. I miss it all. You know, it's not until you, uh, you're out of, the, out of the football scene. Uh, I'm not exactly out of the football scene, but I'm out of, man- out of the management. You know, you build up over five years a great camaraderie, you know, and what I tried to do was make sure that the, the, uh, the, all the staff, and I'm, when I say all the staff, I mean the ground staff, uh, the, the people in the ticket office, uh, Estelle, Tracy Carter, Steve Speed, Barbara in the, in the kit room, they were all, I'm, I hopefully tried to make them feel part of what I was trying to do at the club, and, uh, you know, by creating that, that family spirit, and that team spirit meant that we all we were all in it together. Win, lose, or draw, we were in it together. So, you know, people like that, I really, really miss. And, I, and listen, I miss the supporters as well because I think they were fair-minded. They, uh, 
you know, they, they wanted a team uh, that was committed to the shirt, and quite rightly so. And if it, if it didn't work out, then, you know, they would let you know. And I, I was happy with that because I, I was uh, like-minded with them as well. Yeah, very fair comment. Um, of course, your team, Sheffield United, have done all right for themselves this season. <laughs> Did you get a chance to well, go watch them? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, listen, I still speak to Chrissy Wilder. He's one of my boys. He played for me. So mm-hmm. he, uh, so I like to think that you know some of the uh, the, the good habits or, or some of the, the, the bad traits in me he's eyed out. But, you know, I'm not taking credit for what, what's, achieved at, uh, what's been achieved at Sheffield United. But, you know, Chris is one of my old boys. He played for me, uh, you know, so he's very much old school. And I think he'll, I think he'll do well. And I think he's done brilliantly. Now, whether you say that's my old club, I'm not so sure. Now, <laughs> I have to say, you know, I think that I, uh, I got the job at Sheffield United, and I let my uh, heart rule my head, and really, uh, my head should have been saying, "Listen, stay away from it. Keep at the veil. Take them up that season, and then build from there." But. You know, I thought it was my one opportunity to manage my boyhood club. It didn't work out for me, and uh, you know, all I do now is watch them from afar. Yeah, but I think everyone would have done the same. Maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, but you know, the, uh, everything everything happens for a reason. You know, but I, wow. I, I came back after four months. Uh, I thought I left the Vale in, in a good position to to get promoted that season. I, I couldn't even contemplate them not making the playoffs at least that season but unfortunately it didn't happen and uh, you know I came back and, and the rest is history because uh, you know I, uh, I got a, another committed group of players added to it and uh, managed to achieve promotion so uh, you know we're very very thankful to be back. And uh, finally um, would you get back into management you said you miss certain things about it but you know is that something you would consider? You know what, Terry? I don't wake up every morning thinking, oh, I should be a manager or I, or I can be a manager. You know, I've had various offers since I've been out the game. Uh, but you know, I started up a, a football consultancy business that that's, uh, that really has taken me all around the world. Uh, you know, I've just recently come back from Sierra Leone and Ghana, and last week I was in Russia. I've been to Australia and China and Hong Kong. This you know, from January. So uh, I've been very, very busy. Yeah. Uh, but you never say never. You know, if, uh, if there's a project that comes up and somebody thinks that I can help them out and fit the bill, then I'm more than happy to uh, talk to people and, and, and discuss what the project is. Now, maybe, you know, I, I, I fancy somewhere down the line, you know, uh, a director of football role or, or whatever, because I see an awful lot of football now. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of untapped talent out there from all countries, and I've seen a lot of it now with my with my new consultancy. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, you know I'm probably wasted doing what I'm doing. But having said that, I'm really really enjoying what I'm doing. So uh, you, you never say never, mate. Fair play to you. Well, Garner, Hong Kong, is it the same as Forest Green or Macclesfield away? <laughs> well, it is, but you know, I think that uh, you know different cuisines, and uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, Forest Green. I, I like me, you know. I'm a me too, uh, uh, so uh, I'm not really sure that'd be a fit for me. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, football's football wherever it is. You know, and uh, the ability that I have in terms of coaching people and coaching young players, especially. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying what I do, and uh, it's, it, you know, it makes me feel a little bit humble inside when I see some of these uh, places. When, you know, particularly when you go to Nigeria, and they, they've got no boots and they're playing on gravel. Uh, you know, but the one thing that all 
that ties us all together is the, the fact that we love the game. Uh, you know, if I can give something back, then I'm going to keep doing that for as long as I can. Good man. Mickey Adams, thank you very much. Cheers. Up the veil. Follow the Super Vale podcast on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Search Super Vale Pod. Thanks for listening to the very first Super Vale podcast. Thank you very much to Mark Porter and Mickey Adams for taking part. If you want to get in touch with any suggestions or guests, please do so. Any feedback will be brilliantly accepted by me. Uh, next time, we're going to be speaking to Max McClellan, who is the media manager at Port Vale.